Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro-movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, um, and today is another solo episode, and um, today's kind of an extra special for me because today is my 40th birthday. Um, so happy birthday to me. Uh, I will save you from my singing. Uh, but I, you know, the last, I've been dreading turning 40 for the last maybe two and a half years, which is so unlike me. Um, I'm typically like, I'm a classic Leo <laughs> where I love the attention that I get on my birthday. Um, and uh, which is funny because I was born on my mom's birthday and she hates the attention that you get, that sudden burst of attention you get for your birthday. Um, but I think that's a difference between being one or being number five of seven children and being number three of four children <laughs> um, with a big gap where I was the youngest. So um, I, I have always loved my birthday. I've always loved the attention. In fact, the day after my birthday was always the day that I hated the most because you go from having just all this attention to no more attention because it's not your birthday anymore. <laughs> um, so for the last two and a half years, I've really been dreading turning 40 and I've always really connected it with um, my friend who passed away in uh, April uh, of 2019. And so um, she passed away two months before her 45th birthday. And for me, the the tens and the fives of, of your birthday are very um, they're big, they're, they're big deals to me. Um, and so, you know, she passed away two months before 45, she didn't get to hit 45. And that was really devastating to me personally. And so even though I'm not 45, it was really hard knowing that 40 was approaching. And I kind of started going in on myself about like all the, the goals that I haven't accomplished all of the time that I feel like I've wasted, like my voice cracked at that, like at the, at, at the thought of like all the time that I feel like I've wasted air quotes, if you're not watching the video that I've wasted in my life, because, um, I wasn't doing, I wasn't following my dreams. I was, you know, living inside of a lot of the pain that I felt and um, a lot of the disappointments that, that life throws your way and, and um, wallowing in, in some of these things that I considered failures. 
Um, and I gave up on my passion of writing for um, 12 plus years because uh, I had an, an unmet expectation where, you know, I published a book and a fiction book and I expected it to immediately be um, on the level of like the Harry Potter series. And like, so since I wasn't immediately JK Rowling, I, I gave up. And the funny thing about that is that even JK Rowling wasn't JK Rowling immediately. Like, I, I don't think that I heard about her books until like the third one had come out maybe. And that was around the time that the first movie came out, but I digress. Anyway, I'm rereading the Harry Potter series right now because I just love that series so much. Um, but I've been talking with coaches and uh, in my community about this impending doom that I felt about turning 40. And, you know, one coach suggested that that it's just because I feel ambitious and, um, and I, you know, honestly, that's the one that sticks out with me because I am ambitious. I do have dreams and goals that I want to accomplish, but just knowing that I'm ambitious wasn't, wasn't helpful. Like it didn't release this anxiety that I felt. And so this year, obviously, because I'm it, the deadlines here, it's approaching. Um, and the thing that I was upset about was really feeling like I hadn't done the things that I thought I would have done by 40. Like that was what was weighing on me heavily is that there was so much I wanted to do that I hadn't done yet. And so I had this idea to write down 40 things that I have done that I'm proud of, because that's another thing that I, that I have a tendency to do is I don't always give myself credit for the things that I do. And so this was kind of a two birds in one stone where I not only get to acknowledge these things that I've done, but I get to bring them up and to the forefront of my mind where it's, it's acknowledging it and remembering that I've done a lot in 40 years that I can be proud of. Um, and like everybody else, I've done some things in my 40 years I'm not proud of, but focusing on those 40 things that I was proud of, it really uh, gave me a sense of freedom and it released me from that, from those chains that I had attached for the last couple of years. And so um, I mentioned to a group of friends that I was going to make this list. And when I said that I was going to make a list of 40 things that I was proud of, uh, my friend said, you know, oh, I just listened to, a, I read a blog or I listened to a podcast um, where she wrote down the 30 lessons that she's learned in her 30 years. And I really liked that idea so much um, that I started with that list. So 
at this moment while I'm recording this, I have not created my list of 40 things that I'm proud of. But the cool thing about that is that I know that there are at least 40 things that I'm proud of. So the, the, the list that I came up with first was the 40 thing, 40 lessons that I've learned. And as I was writing these lessons, I think I got to maybe the 13th lesson and, you know, I just wrote little, little sentences because I know what they mean. I know what the, the lesson is. And I know that, and I realized that there was a story behind each of the lessons and in my blog, I, that's what I do is I write down my, my stories that have my lessons in them. And I thought, oh, well, what a cool idea to create blog posts alongside this list. So um, today, what I'm going to do on this episode is I'm going to read to you um, the, the first 10 of my lessons that I've learned with a little bit of a side story. And then I'm going to take all 40 of my lessons and I'm going to create a series of blog posts um, that uh, will be available on my website at alicialyons.com. So if you want to read my, my lessons in more detail and get to see all 40 of them, um, head on over uh, for the next several weeks. I guess it'll take, if I do one a week, it'll take 40 weeks, won't it? Um, so the very first lesson um, actually came up inside of a coaching call. Um, and the client came to this awareness that um, that he can do and has done everything that he put his mind to. And I thought, that is brilliant languaging because we all know that we can do whatever we put our mind to. But sometimes we forget that we have done whatever we put our mind to. And the beautiful thing about that is that, that I have done everything I've put my mind to gives you a sense of evidence that you also in the future can continue to do anything that you set your mind to. So that's my first lesson. Um, my second lesson is loving myself is my job. And I came about that um, because I believe that there are, there's a reason for everything that happens. And there's a lesson that we're meant to learn. And sometimes we don't learn the lesson inside the first attempt, <laughs> um, in inside the first situation where that lesson was available for me to learn. Um, and so then there's another lesson and maybe that lesson, or maybe there's another event that happens and that lesson is, um, or that event is a little more painful and you still don't get the lesson. And then there's another opportunity to learn, um, and you still don't get the lesson and so on and so forth. So I was, um, looking back through my life and, my coach had asked me, or I had asked my coach, you know, what is the lesson inside, you know, my second divorce? Cause that was really painful. And she said, well, what did you learn? What did he teach you? What did your ex-husband teach you 
that that you needed to learn. And a lot of times we just go straight for like, well, if I, if I wasn't with my ex-husband, then I wouldn't have my son. And while that is true and very powerful for me, um, the, the next level up the next lesson or the lesson that I learned from him was that loving myself was my job. And throughout my life, I had been expecting other people to love me so that I could feel loved. And ultimately, I need to love myself so that I can feel loved. And then anybody else's love is bonus. And my second husband was trying to teach me or teach taught me that. My first husband was trying to teach me. And all the way back to my, my greatest teacher, my first teacher, my dad was trying to teach me that. Um, number two is that traumas can be defined as anything that didn't happen the way that you wanted it to. So I think that in our society, we have this way of labeling trauma as something um, that's extreme and um and so you know i went through my life really feeling like i didn't experience any real trauma and i'm using air quotes that i i haven't experienced any real trauma because most of the pain that i had gone through were th- was self-inflicted like it was the way that i the story that i told about the event that happened it wasn't you know being a victim to something and in reality there's micro traumas and macro traumas and they're and they're they're not necessary they're not necessarily equal um there's a lot of trauma out there that's that's just awful but my worst trauma is my worst trauma and it doesn't need to be compared to yours or theirs or hers or his, right? So that was lesson number three. So lesson number four is you can't change the past. This is probably one of my favorites. You can't change the past, but you can change the way that you look at the past. The stories that we tell about the events that happen to us can either be empowering and or disempowering. And if I was to say something along the lines of um, my, my dad yelled at me a lot and therefore he didn't love me, I could say it that way. I could hold on to it that way. Or my dad yelled at me a lot because he had a lot of pain inside of him and he didn't know another way any other way and there's a lot of times that we just hold on to how our parents treated us as they should have known better and they should have done better and and the reality is that they did the best that they could with the information they had and I saw a meme just the other day saying that our parents had so many fewer 
resources than we have now. And we learn something today and go back and apply it to our parents and say they should have known that. When he, we just learned it today. <laughs> um, so number five is that um, every person is doing the best that they can with the tools that they have at the time. And it's so true, especially when it comes to you as a parent, you as a mom and your parents, like we're all doing the best that we can with the tools and the information that we have at, at the time, because when we know better, we do better, especially as parents. We, we, and this is a huge thing for me and guilt and, you know, going back and having this new information and then going back and beating ourselves up for not having that information earlier. Um, that's so much of where, uh, mom guilt and guilt in general is created. Uh, so number six is my partner cannot complete me, but he can compliment me. And so that kind of goes back to the loving myself is, is my job. Um, and, you know, I am whole and complete on my own. And my boyfriend, we've been happily unmarried for the last seven and a half years. And he doesn't complete me but he does compliment me and we have an amazing life together that I'm so happy about. Um, and in the past, I've felt like I was looking for my other half. Um, and when you're looking for your other half, you're going to find you are not whole and you're going to find someone that's not whole and you guys are going to try and, you know, fit together but when you have two holes together you know now they're complementing each other as opposed to trying to fill the needs and the emptiness um, that you're missing from your other half number seven <laughs> number seven I love this one um, parenting isn't natural it's not something that we are born knowing how to do um, a lot of times I hear uh, parents saying, you know, there's no manual that comes um, along with being a parent. And um, my boyfriend oh so lovingly says, <laughs> yeah, but there's probably 800,000 parenting books. Um, and that just makes me laugh. And there's no judgment behind that statement. Um, and, you know, that when he said that, he, it was inside of a conversation where he, we were talking about um, my son's behavior at the time, which was less than ideal, less than um, perfect, <laughs> uh, air quotes again. Um, we were just struggling with, um, with some, with some discipline uh, stuff. And, and that's when I found Dr. Dan Siegel, who I mention almost on every episode and the um, no, no drama discipline, which is one of my favorite books. Um, and, um, you know, if, if you're struggling with parenting, you know, hire a parenting coach, go read a book, parenting book. And I wrote a book um, called Good Moms Don't. Um, and it's to help you find your happy inside releasing guilt and, and being able to, um, live more present inside, uh, or outside of that guilt. 
um, because when we're living inside guilt, we're living in the past. Um, sometimes we're living in the future. Uh, usually in the future, there's fear and in the past, there's guilt. But in the present moment, we're just in the present moment. Um, so there's that as well. Number eight is uh, you can't create disappointment without expectations. So this was kind of, um, this has grown some where, you know, just learning that having, you know, when you expect something um, and your expectation is not met, that's how um, you create disappointment. And I believe that um, it was Abraham Hicks who ex kind of broke down expectations, which um, are connected to our beliefs um, and our beliefs are connected to our thoughts. And so a belief is a thought that you have over and over again. Um, and so when we change our beliefs, uh, that requires changing our thoughts, but then our expectations change as well. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, number nine is um, people can change, but you can't change people. And uh, that's a number one way to create disappointment is trying to change somebody who doesn't want to change. Um, and, you know, I, that was, that was something I, I probably wanted my son's dad to change. And, um, you know, he told me pretty much the day that I met him, that this is who he was and he wasn't going to change. And I was okay with him in the beginning uh, being who he was and not wanting to change. And that was fine. And uh, then I changed and I wanted him to change along with me. So um, lots and lots of um, pain and disappointment inside that. Um, and so you can't change people they, unless they want to, or they're the ones that have to change. Um, and finally, number 10, this is near and dear to my heart. Um, cherish the moments that you have with the people that you love because you never know when it'll be the last. And so I opened this episode talking about uh, my friend Shelly who passed in 2019. Um, and so it seems fitting that uh, we end this episode uh, with that lesson because I don't know that I cherished every moment that I had with her at the time. Um, but I did, I do go, go back now and think about all the memories and all of the, the moments that I do cherish. Um, and they are near and dear to my heart. Um, my dad also passed away this year. And because I had warning, these are two opposite ends of the spectrum, these two um, passings. And I had, I mean, a 10 year advance warning with my dad. My dad had cancer for over 10 years, but, um, we, we were told, I believe in September of last year that, uh, he, that his cancer was back. Um, and in January, the, the doctor said, um, that none of the current treatments that they had were working. And so, um, 
they put him on hospice and they said he's got six months to a year to live. And ultimately it turned out that the six months clock started in September. So um, when I had heard that news in September that his cancer was back, I made a decision in that moment that I was going to visit him as frequently as I could. And um, I was lucky enough that I, I live 30 minutes from him. So I would go twice a week for a while. And it did end up going down to one time a week, but it was time that we got to spend um, like real quality time we got to spend together. And we were reading his um, one of his favorite books, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. And um, we were reading it with my son. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so that concludes my 10. Um, I'm sure you can understand why I didn't list all 40. Because we don't want to be here for a month and a half <laughs> going through all my lessons. But I do um, hope that you rush run over to my website, alishalyons.com. And um, listen to or read the um, the lessons in the blog post form. Um, so that's all for today. And um, thank you for listening and indulging my, my top 10, my first 10 uh, life lessons. And um, there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming for you next week. And until then, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Mommying. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time.